Welcome to Day 239 in Shape by the Word. I'm Paul Kemp here with Matthew Kresge and Katie Kresge as we continue our journey, not only through the New Testament, uh, but through the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, we love the Gospel of Matthew, especially for the section we're about to uh, begin reading today, the Sermon on the Mount, one of the richest uh, collections of Jesus' teachings in Scripture, uh, probably rivaled only by the Upper Room Discourse you know, in, in the Gospel of John. But a beautiful expression of the heart of who Jesus is. And of course, what Matthew is trying to show us is that Jesus is the fulfillment of the Old Testament law. So he has presented Jesus to us as the fulfillment of God's promises to Abraham, God's promises to David as the one who will bring his people back from uh, exile. And in his teaching, he's also trying to show Jesus' continuity with the Old Testament law. His uh, teaching is in keeping with the law, but it goes far beyond the law because it looks to heart righteousness rather than uh, to outward righteousness. Mm -hmm. So we begin today in the Sermon on the Mount. But before we do, as always, we pause and realize what a holy moment it is when we come to Scripture. Uh, Every word of Scripture is breathed out by God's Spirit, and God's Spirit works in us in order to make the Scripture not only come alive to us, but to be a part of who we are, the very fabric of our being, to transform us into the image of the Son. So we always pause, we always recognize the moment, we always offer ourselves completely to God, and ask Him to do in our hearts and lives what only He can do through His Spirit and His Word. So Matt, do you mind lifting us up? Yeah, let's pray. Father, with the psalmist, we pray that you would um, open our eyes, that we may, we may behold beautiful things and wonderful things from your word. Uh, Father, as we spend some time in the Sermon on the Mount together over the next few days, would you um, would you teach us? Would you continue to convict us of our sin, um, turn our, our eyes and our hearts back to you? And, and Father, we thank you for the righteousness we do have in Christ Jesus. Thank you that we have been clothed in his righteousness. Um, Father, would you help us to... Um, to live in that reality every single day. Thank you for um, this time together, uh, the technology that enables us to be able to do this, to to read together. God, continue to use your word in us. Uh, be with us in this time. As we draw near to you, would you draw near to us? It's in Christ's mm-hmm. name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, I love that quote. Uh, Open our eyes that we may behold wonderful things from your law. And of course, David also said that uh, uh, your word is more precious to me than to gold and to much pure gold, uh, mm. more inviting than honey from the honeycomb. Uh, and, of course, he is talking about, uh, you know, the, the Pentateuch. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we have Paul. We have the message of Jesus. We have the Gospels. And the trust we have is so much richer because we have clarity in the person of Christ. Mm. Matthew chapter 5, beginning in verse 1. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they'll be shown merciful mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they'll be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. 
You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Do not think that I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. I've not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly, I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen, will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Therefore, anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. You've heard it was said to people long ago, you shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka, is answerable to the court. And anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Therefore, if you're offering your gift at the altar, and there you remember your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First, go and be reconciled to them, then come and offer your gift. Settle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking to court. Do it while you are still together on the way, or your adversary may hand you over to the judge, and the judge may hand you over to the officer, and you may be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will not get out until you have paid the very last penny. And beautiful start uh, to this message. Uh, he describes to us the, the character of the kingdom, which begins with poverty of spirit, uh, mourning, you know, not just the loss of things around us, but the loss of innocence we have before God, hungering and thirsting after righteousness, a character of meekness. Uh, so he gives a beautiful character of the heart of those who are part of the kingdom. And then he has the impact of the kingdom in salt and light. You will make a difference in the world you live in. Mm-hmm. But don't think that it will not come without opposition. Mm-hmm. Persecution is not only one of the Beatitudes, but is the one that he expands on and enlarges the most. So, so many things when we cover the Sermon on the Mount, what are some of the other things in this passage that tend to stick out? Yeah. Kind of jumping off of what you said briefly in the introduction to this passage, you you have kind of that um, kind of dual image of Moses going up the mount, you know, yeah. receiving the law, and part of that law was what's God saying, you know, I've rescued this people out of Egypt. This is my people. This is to be the character of the people. But then, as the law goes on and unfolds, it's and this is how they're to live, you know, to be a light to the nations. And so here you have Jesus going up the mount, and he's not just simply receiving the law. I mean, he's giving the law. You right. know? He's showing us, here's what the shape of the kingdom looks like. Here's what my people are called to be. And this is, you know, they're called to be a light to the nation. So you almost love kind of the, the parallels there. And for a Jewish you know, hearer, they would have quickly realized, you know, these this moment that was happening. And these images are really big to them. And of course, you know, we talked about, uh, you know, his genealogy where, you know, he connects, uh, you know, Matthew connects, you know, Jesus to Abraham. And then to David, of course, Moses was not in the line of you know Jesus because he is was a Levite, and uh, mm-hmm. this is you know tracing the you know tribe of Judah. But the picture of him fulfilling you know a similar role to Moses. But there is a contrast. Moses walked up the mountain to learn from God. Mm-hmm. Jesus walks 
up the mountain to reveal the heart and the character yeah. of God. And you see that in the, in, the, in the Beatitudes. And it is a beautiful expression of what what the law was intended to do, the kind of people it was intended to create, not self-righteous, smug uh, people who look down on others, but people who recognize their own poverty of spirit and, and mourned and, and were meek with others or gentle. Uh, you know, meek is not just you know, kind of sheepish. Meek is the idea of gentleness and people full of mercy. And and I like you know the way it's sandwiched. The first and the last you know, beatitudes that there's is the kingdom of God, mm-hmm. and the middle ones talk about future blessing. And so we have unique, you know, gifts in the kingdom that we experience it in this moment now as part of our comfort and hope, but we also will experience it in the future in its undiminished glory and its undiminished joy. We will be comforted once and for all. We'll be shown mercy, you know, once you know for all. Mm-hmm. I won't enter into the deepest blessings. I think as as a believer, um, the salt and light passage is encouraging, it's challenging, um, and it, it reminds us that um, we aren't just doing the work of the kingdom when we finally get to or arrive at a certain place or arrive at a certain maturity level. Like We are called to be salt um, and light flavor flavorful in the world around us, um, shining his light right here, right now, where he has us. And um, and that's encouraging, especially to those of us who have this um, picture in our minds of, you know, what God might have for us in the future. Well, that's not necessarily what he's, what he might have for us. He might have for us to bloom where we're planted as as Christy Knuckles says. My goodness. <laughs> we know how much I love Christy Knuckles. <laughs> but, you know. Such a, such a hallmark moment. <laughs> Bloom where you're you right here. But, yeah, and and I think um, I, I just feel like the Lord has really um, done a work in me just in this passage in the last few years um, just about, about being salty in in the world and that when we are doing that day in and day out and and representing who his heart then it's going to make a difference in the world Mm -hmm. around us and i just think that that's really encouraging well this is both an encouragement and an indictment because you you, um, in both of these instances you can uh, be salt in a good way and salt in a bad way you can be light in a good way and you can be light in a bad way. You can be a hidden light or you can be unsalty salt. And of course, this is the indictment of Israel itself that uh, God had put Israel in the world in order to have an impact uh, you know, on the world and being salty and to be give the world a vision of who God was. And, and they didn't neither. So they were light that was hidden. They were salt that had you know, lost its savor. And, and of course, you know, salt doesn't you know really break down but it can be so diluted with impurities that it no longer has its effect and that's you know what it's talking about so there's there's a warning here this this is what you are this is not what you should be this is what you are are you doing it well are you actually having an influence on the culture around you that is making a difference for the sake of christ and of course the bottom line is is are they seeing you and looking past you and glorifying you know your father in heaven which is is, is the last part of that yeah. so it's it can be both a stunning it's like we say about theology it's everyone's a theologian it's just are you a good one or yeah. a bad one mm-hmm. and everyone's salt are you you know the kind of salt that's having a positive influence or you and, and we know so many times we and other 
people in the church have left a bad taste mm-hmm. in people's mm-hmm. uh, in mouth, and we've given them a bad vision of who Christ is. Mm-hmm. And that's what he's warning. And that's why the Beatitudes are so important, mm-hmm. yeah. because that is the character we bring yeah. to you know, what we do. That, that's why, I mean, this is so important that we we don't read the Sermon on the Mount as kind of like here's requirements in order to enter into the kingdom. You know, if you if you get to this, then you'll be a part of it. Because and, and kind of what, what Katie was saying as well, if you wait until you feel like you're salty enough to be a good salt, you know, you're going to miss the whole point, and people will never actually look past you because it's you're really trying to say, look at how good I am, look at how salty I really am. <laughs> you know, as opposed to saying, seeing this is who we're called to be. Mm-hmm. You know, and and as the people of God who are a part of the kingdom of God and. I love even, I think there's allusions here when he says you're the salt of the earth to Leviticus 2, where you have kind of the salt in the covenant, you know, the salt of the covenant. And I think Jesus is saying, you're the, you're the new covenant people of God, mm-hmm. you know, and, and in light of that, in light of being the people who, you know, these marks are true of, let us live in a way that people see us and they glorify God. They look past us, you know, they, they, they see the heart of the new covenant and what it's done in us internally, heart righteousness, not just outward performance because people can you know i think we can deceive people with outward performance for a you know a couple hours a day maybe but the longer they spend time with us the more they begin to realize you know we're just wearing masks Uh, there's no substance Mm -hmm. and and, and of course there's a huge difference between calling attention to Mm ourselves and pointing other people to jesus and and probably the essence of outward righteousness is a, a righteousness that that glorifies us it's made as an image to impress other people and heart righteousness is, is um, well, you know, when you go back to the Beatitudes is what it means to be pure in heart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That our, we're not only doing what we knew the right thing, we're doing the right thing with the right spirit yeah. and the right heart. And, well, and verse 20 is really characteristic of this heart righteousness. You know, the, unless your righteousness surpasses that of yep. the Pharisees mm-hmm. and the teachers of the law, you, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. I, I mean, if you were looking at, Outside in, it, you know, they were kind of the definition of righteousness. And, you know, you looked at these guys and you thought, wow, look at how righteous they are. And Jesus says, they missed it. Outward righteousness, sure. Inward <clears throat> righteousness, they don't have it. Um, but it comes in a stunning context. Yeah. And the stunning context is don't think I've come to abolish the law of the prophets. Yep. Don't think I've come to, you know, loosen the demands. As a matter of fact, through the Sermon on the Mount, you, you feel that even in the, the first example of, of murder, when we congratulate ourselves, I haven't killed anybody lately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, have, have you, uh, have you with contempt, called them a name, or even just you know in the back Love of your it. mind, <laughs> thinking while they're doing whatever they're doing, oh how stupid! Or yeah. and it, we've diminished. Mm-hmm. We've failed to recognize them as someone created in the image of God, mm-hmm. and we have elevated ourselves and diminished them, you know, in our thoughts and in our heart. Mm-hmm. And, and Jesus' relationship to the law is. Is one of fulfilling, in other words, bringing it to its fullest expression. Mm-hmm. And um, he warns us on the other end, we need to be careful with it. Yeah. You know, not to push away the least of these because people who diminish the law are least in the kingdom of heaven. And that's where the Pharisees would probably be applauding him. They may not have followed him so much, you know, on the Beatitudes, but going, okay, I, I can kind of warm up to this. But he said, but you guys aren't doing this well. Mm-hmm. You are not fulfilling, you know, the law. You have meticulous rules that you, you, you kind of enshrined, and you have other big things like mercy, you know, that you have missed, mm-hmm. which yeah. again is part of, you know, part of the Beatitude. 
But as we usually do, we have uh, we've gotten way ahead of our skis here. There's so much more good stuff in the Sermon on the Mount, and uh, you could never, uh, you know, summarize the Sermon on the Mount in a 15 minute podcast or a lifetime. Uh, and the beauty that is is with it. But the time has come for us to close. Uh, Katie, do you mind? Father, thank you. Thank you for these words that we um, got to read today, that we got to um, engage with. And would they not just be words on a page, but would your spirit um, do a work in our hearts with them? Um, God, thank you for the Beatitudes. Thank you for um, just a glimpse into the heart of our of our Savior, the heart of our God. And um, God, would we be salt and light in the world around us? And um, would we never think that we are above the law, but would we be humbled by the fact that we desperately needed um, the righteousness of Jesus to cover us and... Um, God, would we humbly go into this world um, shining your light and being used as instruments of, of change, of transformation, and of reconciliation in this world. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.